This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. Welcome everybody to the Wellness Glow this week where I'm continuing my little series on anti-aging, which I'm super excited about. I just feel really passionate about this subject because we are all aging every day and we are seeing that the effects of our lifestyles are making a huge difference in how well we're aging. And I'm not talking so much about the aesthetic, although that's obviously influenced by our health, but I'm primarily focusing on our inside health and looking at what causes us to age and how we can take steps. And a lot of these steps are actually really, really easy and they don't cost a lot of money. But taking these steps to actually improve our aging, I guess. And guess what? The earlier you start, the better the result that you see. So last week I talked about inflammation and inflammaging, and I also have talked about zombie cells, and that's really quite cool. So if you haven't listened to my other podcasts on anti-aging, just maybe stop this podcast, go back a couple of episodes and just have a look at those ones first then this one will make a lot more sense because I'm not going over old ground. But today I'm actually focusing on stress as a factor in the aging process. And those of you that have followed me for a while know that I am super passionate about stress management and I work in areas where I help people manage stress, manage trauma, 
And I do that through using meditation, using nutrition, using a a couple of different modalities. But today I wanted to talk about how stress actually affects our cells and contributes to our aging process. And I'm sure many of you know stress can affect us in almost every way imaginable. And in terms of stress, there's a few different ways that it impacts us. Obviously, there's sleep. That's just kind of a a pretty easy one to kind of get our heads around. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, But the probably one of the big ones is how stress increases our inflammation. And as I mentioned, I've already done a podcast on inflammation and inflammaging. But when you get into a stressed state, and just remember, I've said this before, that the stress response was only ever designed to be activated for about 20 to 30 seconds. Our stress response is our fight and flight response. It's a very old um, kind of almost like a reflex that we have. And it hasn't really evolved as our modern lifestyles have evolved. So it's still thinking if you get like a big credit card bill, it's still seeing it in terms of a a saber-toothed tiger, okay? So you're going to have that same stress response. It's exactly the same. But unfortunately, getting a big bill or having relationship issues or having workplace stress does not last for 20 to 30 seconds. It lasts for a lot longer. And the system is not really designed to take it on for that long. So that's when we can get Uh, problems caused by stress. And we know that with our stress response that it can cause inflammation and inflammaging. uh, When we're chronically stressed, we get high levels of cortisol and that increases our levels of inflammation and can cause all manner of age-related kind of events to occur from cognitive decline to mood disruptions you know, the grumpy old man uh, and sleep disturbances. And um, the thing is with stress, we are all going to experience it. We all uh, have the ability to manage it. And I'll get into management of it shortly. The thing is, there is a very close relationship between stress and our immune system. And remember, a big portion of our immune system resides in our gut. And we know that we have this gut brain connection. So when we have lots of stress, that also impacts our gut health. And what we know with um, some of the research that has gone on with regard to stress is that it actually adds years of age to our immune system cells. And they assess that by the length of the telomeres on the end of the cell. So if you, I mean, sure you've all heard about DNA and chromosomes, right? So telomeres are these little caps found at the end of each chromosome. And each time the cell divides, the telomere shortens. So you can tell how old, you know, a cell is by the length of the telomeres. When the telomeres become quite short, the cell can no longer divide and it become can become senescent or as the phrase is the zombie cell where the cell is not dead but it's not acting like a live cell and having short telomeres is is correlated to a shorter lifespan and also skin wrinkling which is something i guess we all kind of want to avoid if we can and there's quite a lot of research going on into telomeres into the relationship between our lifestyles and what that does to our telomeres. Also, um, what, how that may impact 
aging and the diseases that are associated with aging, kind of chronic diseases, cancer, all that sort of stuff. And this kind of research has been going on really well, for a couple of decades, but probably more urgently in the last sort of 10 to 15 years because of our aging population. And I guess because our ability to measure a lot of this stuff has improved since the Human Genome Project ended, then there's been so much good, good information that has come out from that that helps us to kind of uh, prevent some of our uh, diseases from occurring. And when you talk about aging, I mean, we are all aging, but we have chronological age, which is our actual number that we put against our age. And then we have biological aging. And some of you may have seen there, you can buy bathroom scales that I tell you, your weight and your fat uh, percentage and your bone mass and your muscle mass and all of that. But it can also give you then a biological age. And what that's saying is that the when they compare, I guess, to the average you may have a greater muscle mass, you may have less fat, you may have uh, less um, weight for your height. And they can do this calculation and decide what your biological age is. And we know that people that can maintain the length of their telomeres can actually have a lower biological age, which means that it can uh, impact their longevity and make them live longer, which is pretty awesome. Uh, I know when I did my, a lot of my meditation teacher training, we did talk actually a lot about telomeres because the research with meditation and telomeres is that meditation actually can increase the length of the telomeres, which is pretty cool. So it's not just stopping them from shortening, actually lengthening them. So that's a huge kind of anti-aging uh, technique you can use is meditation. And what I love about that is it's easy. It doesn't take a lot of time and we can all do it. If we can think and we can focus and concentrate, then you can do meditation. So that is one hot tip, I guess, is that you manage your stress by using something like meditation. Uh, and it's so easy to do it. There's so many free apps out there that can help you. So one of the other things that I mentioned just before when it comes to aging and stress is the impact that stress has on our sleep. So we know if we get into stress response, it is difficult to sleep. And good quality sleep is a key factor to health at any age because when we're sleeping, we're not just resting. We are doing a lot of deep healing. We are regenerating. We're building new hormones. We're repairing tissue. We're digesting our food, which gives us nutrients, which gives us the ability to make proteins and to uh, yeah, make our hormones and repair our muscles and our tissues. So lots of things happen when we sleep. And there's a couple of things here. So when I mentioned before about stress and inflammation. So when we get into that inflammaging kind of states, remember inflammaging is where we get this chronic prolonged inflammation that accelerates the aging process. So inflammaging. So when you get that, you get uh, impacts on uh, 
negative impacts on cognition, on our circadian rhythms, on our body weight, and on our hormone health. These are all classic hallmarks of unhealthy aging. And the problem with if you do suffer from insomnia, and this is something that I have and suffered from it, not for that long really but it's it's terrible when you have it and it's very common to for women in that perimenopausal time it's a very um part almost of the process of the perimenopause and when you get into that place of insomnia so perhaps it might be you know waking at two o'clock in the morning or whatever and then if you start worrying and stressing about the fact that you can't sleep that triggers your stress response and that makes it even harder to get to sleep so it kind of then feeds into this really vicious cycle so being able to sleep well is imperative for healthy aging and if you're finding you're having lots of difficulty with sleep please make this a priority And if you're not sure, what I suggest is you have a bit of a sleep diary. So maybe for a week or two weeks, if you just have a little notepad next to your bed and when you wake up in the morning going, you know, slept eight hours or whatever, or woke at two, woke at three, woke at four, couldn't get back to sleep. And then look at it over that period of one or two weeks and see how often it's happening. And I'll guarantee you it'll be happening more often than you realize. And when you have this situation of insomnia, it's really important that you actually address it and don't just let it go. I just let it go. I did that for a very long time. I didn't actually realize it was impacting me for as long as it was until I did some tracking. And then I went, oh, okay, it's actually happening every single night. So, and then I I made some steps to um, give myself a good sleep routine. And and that would, that's always the first thing that uh, as clinicians we will advise is that you look at what is your screen time for many of us screen time is a massive issue and a lot of it is unavoidable when it's work related so what you can do is reduce your screen time at night and maybe that's even needing to which is what I do I actually have to put my phone in another room so that it's a real effort for me to go and get it because otherwise I just find it too addictive so stopping screens a few hours before you go to sleep is really important. Having low light is important to help our production of melatonin. So, you know, using, I don't use any overhead light after we, you know, we stop cooking and shut down, clean up the kitchen. All of our lights are from lamps or candles. We don't put on any overhead lights. Most of my lights anyway are on dimmers so that I can really get that light very, very low so that my melatonin can be produced better rather than uh, having bright light right up until the time of sleep. Using things like essential oils can be really good. And I've done a podcast in the past about sleep, but I'll just give you a few, few of the essential oils. I mean, I think we all know about lavender and there's some fantastic research about lavender and how it works on the brain to help with sleep and to reduce anxiety. But there's also Melissa is a really good one. Uh, there's also um, just using some of the oils that may help to open up your airways a little bit, uh, particularly if you have a dust mite allergy or something like that, that may prevent you from sleeping. If you have high histamine, for example, release from allergy, that will impact your sleep. 
So keeping your allergies under control is a really important one. And have doing things that relax you, whether that's reading, whether it's meditating, whether it's doing some gentle yoga, whether it's having a shower or a bath. All of these things will help just to bring your stress response down and will therefore help you to sleep. And if you find you're doing all of this and your sleep is still impaired, it could be the insomnia of perimenopause if you're of that age and therefore you may need to go and have a chat to your healthcare practitioner about what you can do to help manage that because there are some different strategies that we can use when it's it's a hormone more of a hormone driven um, insomnia. So sleep is super important. Um, I talked about the immune system, so that is really important to focus on stress reduction to support your immune system. And some of the other things I want to talk about with regard to stress is movement. The body is designed to move. And it doesn't mean you have to go and flog yourself in the gym or go for a run, but just making sure you're doing movement throughout the day. That's why I love when I do wear my smartwatch and it tells me constantly, you've got to stand up, you've got to move, you can make your exercise goal. So having something to remind you, because I know for me, if I get in the zone and I'm on the computer and I'm working on some material rather than working with uh, clients, then I can be sitting down for hours without getting up and it's a real problem. Uh, Another good strategy for reducing stress is connection. So connecting with people, friends and family, it's another proven strategy to lower stress. Doing deep breathing. And I've talked about this before as well, that belly breathing is probably the first thing I teach most of my clients. And that belly breathing helps to um, tell the brain the hypothalamus in the brain that the stress has gone and we can just turn down that stress response. So it's really, really awesome method to reduce stress. I've mentioned meditation, uh, but also things like, you know, simple things like caffeine. Keep your caffeine in the morning. Caffeine, if you're having sleep issues, don't have any caffeine for about six hours prior to when you normally go to bed and that will help. So there's a whole bunch of things you can do to drop your stress response down so that you're having an anti-aging effect. So, you know, gosh, there's so, stress is so important. As, as I've talked before, like stress affects us in every way imaginable, but including our age. So I hope that this has been useful information for you. I am shortly releasing uh, an ebook. It'll be a free ebook that will be talking a little bit about some of my other anti-aging strategies. And I hope that uh, you will enjoy it. So just keep an eye on my Instagram. My Instagram is at Susie Garden Wellness. And if you follow me there, then you'll know when I'm releasing that ebook. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.